Hello guys and welcome to the brand new episode of The Film Angle. My name is Chris. And I'm Alex. We're, we had a kind of a promise last week that we would come into this episode with, with movies to talk about this time. It was very it was a little bit short last time that you and I met. But this time we saw a lot of stuff that came out in the cinemas. Well, I certainly did. I don't know about yourself. Um, we haven't really had a chance to catch up in the last week. Uh, yeah, definitely definitely got to see one film um, in the cinemas and then uh, one film that we'll be talking about today on movie. It's a real mixed bag today. We got like some really big um, crowd-pleasing blockbusters. We got some sort of um, hard-to-watch but ultimately satisfying tearjerkers. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a funny... A, a comedy film that came out in the last month that I caught up with. Um, so yeah, there's there's loads of stuff. We're going to kind of take a little bit of a an emotional <laughs> roller coaster journey here. Yeah. So what did you catch up with in the cinemas, Alex? Well, I caught up with the same film that you did, Chris. I saw Missing, spiritual standalone sequel to the film Searching, uh, which was a bit of a hit, I think, um, back in 2018. Uh, starring it was a surprise hit, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and it was uh, one of those films that set all on a computer screen, and this uh, this one kind of I feel like the horror genre uses this kind of gimmick technique a lot, um, but this one did it for mm-hmm. a bit of a more of a kind of like murder mystery case, if I can remember rightly. It's been a while since I've seen Searching, and um, Missing kind of carries on that kind of theme of um, the crime genre. Um, being played out via mm-hmm. many different kind of computer devices. Um, and looking back at my letterbox, I, I rated Searching three and a half stars. I was a fan. Um, I liked the fact that it brought a kind of filmic quality to something that isn't, you know, your laptop screen. Sure. Um, and uh, I, I think I think Missing kind of carries on that that thing, but maybe, maybe turns the dial up to 11 at a few points. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but yeah, shall we shall we talk about um, the plot of missing? Yeah, sure, go for it. Uh, so we follow um, a young girl who has a kind of mm, love hate relationship with her mum, and we don't know a lot about her except that her dad's passed away, um, and this has kind of had a massive effect on her life. And her mum is seeing a new guy who is. Um, you know, practically on the verge of proposing to her. We don't know what that relationship is like, but they're going on holiday together and leaving their daughter alone in the house um, to kind of just live her life as, as they go off. I can't remember where they went. They went to Colombia. That was it, Colombia. All of a sudden, her mum goes missing and, mm-hmm. you know, she has to do the kind of work to figure out what's going on here. And there's a lot more to it than that. And it takes a lot, a lot of... A lot of left turns uh, until you hit that final point, but um, it's a fun ride along the way. Uh, did you did you feel the same way? Yeah, I felt the same. I was kind of nervous um, going into this film because I I'm glad it was a spiritual successor and not a sequel because I I did not catch up with Searching. Um, it was one of those movies that just kind of slipped through the net for me. But I felt like this was a pretty great attempt at doing the whole telling the story through the guise of social media and the internet because you know it it is the time that we live in and i think a lot of movies have wrestled with this sort of material or this way of telling a story 
in the last 10 years with not really as much success. Um, it doesn't really feel like it's winking at its audience all the time, which is a good thing. You know, you know, it doesn't have to self-paradise. It, it's, it's, it's actually showcasing how, you know, internet and resourcefulness of our youth uh, that are like completely natives to using this um, equipment can actually, you can do some pretty impressive stuff. You can be your own sort of detective and, and uh, you know, do things a lot faster than perhaps maybe like if you get in contact with law enforcement who have a backlog can do. Um, obviously, it, it, like you said, it's dialed to 11 and then some. Um, but, <laughs> I, you know, that's kind of like it needs to be, though. It's it's kind of it needs to be fun. And it is fun in that way that the takes loads twists and turns and, and plays with, you know, uh, subverting your expectations of certain people and relationships and how they relate to the main characters. Um, and also, you know, marrying it back with um, the loss of her father, who, who, who we've been told at the start of the movie, obviously, you know, must have died from a, a terminal illness. Um, we're not given much more than that, but it's this just this sort of tenuous relationship between the the mother and the daughter, and um, and how it's really a movie about them and their relationship and how they kind of come together for this event. Um, I thought it was really entertaining. I think I think maybe it struggles from being a bit too long. I think it could have yeah. shaved half an hour off of it. Yeah, for the type of film it is, and for the kind of speed that it does go through things, it is quite surprising that it does have like a two-hour runtime. Yeah. It's like two hours and then a little bit, right? Yes, or is it, yes. Or is it... But um, yeah, it, def- it definitely starts to feel like, okay, we need to get somewhere by the end of this. Like, it, ne- it, it never truly kind of reveals its cards too early on, I'm sure smarter people than me might be able to figure out a few mm-hmm. things and yeah. and you, you're definitely given a few kind of uh ideas along the way and then and then like you pick some up and you drop some um but yeah i mean it's just it is just it is for a you know a crime film it is a fun film there's no mm. doubt you're having a yeah. lot of fun with this and you're figuring out the mystery and and you know it's and it's, it's funny as well at times it is funny at times it really is um and uh yeah it's it's great. Um, really liked Storm Reed in this, who's our kind of teenage protagonist. Yeah, um, she's been popping up in quite a few things recently. I, re- I remember her from um, uh, what was the Ava DuVernay film that she did for Disney? It was was it uh, A Wrinkle in Time? I remember A Wrinkle that. in Time. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, I remember her being the main character in a Wrinkle in Time, and then she's been popping up in like um, The Last of Us. Yes. Um, she did Suicide Squad. She was Idris Elba's daughter in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, she's really good, and she's very like she's very you know very perky and very she's got a bit of attitude, but in in a in a really likable way. Plus, she has some amazing hair. <laughs> that, yeah, that helps too. Yeah. There is that. There is that. But yeah, considering the the you know the the screen, you know I. Our camera is on her face practically the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, she does a really good job of kind of conveying the kind of drama that's unfolding before her. It, I always kind of wonder how um, they film these things. And I don't oh, know yeah. whether it's like a behind the scenes thing that we can look at, but I don't know whether she's literally just looking straight down a camera the whole time, pretending to be on a computer. Like, because there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's this other character. And other characters, but this guy um, who she kind of enlists to help her, um, 
who's called Yavi, and she's he's kind of like a, a you know a rent a service kind of guy, and he's got they make a joke that she can only afford him because he's like he's only like two stars online yeah. rating, and he well he ends up actually being a very nice guy and very helpful. So I don't know how he got only got those two stars. He seems like a really nice guy. He's um, the he's the heart but, of the kind of film, I think. By the end, oh yeah, he? like the he's the great, kind of... and the relationship him. And um, June Stormwreath's character kind of like they form it almost is like a void um, for each other because he's dealing with sort of not the loss, but he's not in touch with his son anymore. They're estranged. And obviously when she, she's lost a father. So for this sort of midsection of the movie, they kind of become their own surrogate um, mm-hmm. others, which is quite it's quite sweet. But yeah, you're right. Like they she would have to they would have to feed off of each other or or they're just talking to a phone or or a laptop or you know a camera. So yeah. you know, are they actually playing off of each other, or are they? Or they're probably doing off recording of each other. I don't know. It's it'd be really fascinating to find out because it's really impressive. Yeah, I mean, do they pre-record all the stuff going on on the screen, and then they get the actors to play it out? So they're mm. looking at a screen that's just playing a recording, and they can pretend they're messaging. I don't know. I imagine it's quite an effort that goes into this uh, at the end of the day to kind of make it what it is. Um, and I, I imagine most people probably might, I don't know, not think about that potentially. It kind of reminded me of a film I absolutely loved last year. I just kind of scraped off of being in my top 10 was um, We're All Going to the World's Fair. Um, mm. And that was even, you know, I just find it so amazing that these young actors can do this. That film, she had to completely act by herself the whole thing there was no other actors and it was just her and a camera and i think it's just crazy i mean like like you know you just get so in your head and you're you're focusing on so many things and you have to portray onto the camera and you have to respond to things that aren't there i just think it's i think it's a really impressive feat missing yeah i i think ultimately this is a really entertaining film i don't i think you know that does stray into that sort of friday night Netflix kind of stick on the TV territory where it's not going to break, you know, be groundbreaking. It's really, really solid, um, worth catching up on. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's worth going to the cinema to see. Uh, maybe that's not fair because the medium of which it's shot, it's just not very cinematic. But um, it's definitely worth catching up with. Whenever yeah, you can. I mean, they do their best to keep it cinematic. There's a lot of zooms and music and. And all that kind oh, of yeah, stuff. really but, well. Yeah, edited. I mean, yeah, it is one you could probably wait for if you wanted to, not to destroy the cinema industry. Um, but if if you're on the fence, um, I, you know, it's the kind of film that will probably end up on Netflix at some point, and um, and it will be a good fun watch. Like, if you're somebody who's got all the time in the world, go see everything you can. <laughs> you know, in <laughs> yeah. cinema. You know, that's kind of what I I would I would say to anybody. But yeah, yeah, you know, you you, you could definitely. Definitely seek it out anyway, is yeah. what I'm saying. It, it, it pushes the genre to kind of quite, to its limits, I would say, in terms of how big and crazy it gets. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Chris, are there like any other genres that you would want to see played out on a computer screen in this way? Because obviously we've got horror, we've got crime. I'm trying to think, like, have we seen anything else? There's probably a rom-com out there that does something similar. You want to see yeah. an action film set on a computer screen? Do you think there's a way? I mean, I really at the minute it does seem to be reserved for both horror and this sort of thriller genre. But I think you really, from seeing small glimpses of it in Missing, I think you could do just a full blown comedy, um, 
mm. through this sort of lens. I think we got a little bit of that from Bodies, Bodies, Bodies last year, where we get a little bit of that interplay. I think mm. I think you could definitely do a full bloom comedy. I I because some of the moments in here, because a lot of the jokes are visual and they're very you know people people who interact with those social media platforms or the devices that these characters are using will understand the, the frustration and hilarity that comes out of some of these situations. Uh, it just stops the movie in its tracks for a second, gives a quick little laugh, and then we're off going again. So I think, yeah, that's something I could definitely see being done. Yeah, some kind of like influencer comedy, social commentary sure. kind of film that, that kind of pokes fun of it, but is also, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. That's uh, that's missing. As we said, guys, you can catch up with it in cinemas at the minute. Um, it's still running um, as time of this recording. Um, but we're really going to be shifting tones pretty dramatically here. Yeah. Um, it's, it almost, almost seems wrong. Um, no, we caught up with Oscar-nominated film Close, which is a film by Lucas Daunt. A Belgian filmmaker. This was a, a really, really, you know, this did really, really well in Cannes. And after watching this, you know, I'm so glad that uh, you caught up with it, Alex, and you let me know that you had seen it because, you know, this it really urged me to catch up with this film because, boy, is it devastating. Yeah, so it it, it kind of dropped on movie a few days ago for us, and then probably like I don't know a week ago by the time, um, or a week and a bit ago by the time this this podcast releases. But I remember I just watched the trailer. And I was like, that looks that looks interesting, like this kind of childhood exploration of masculinity and, and childhood pressures with a mix of coming of age and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, yeah, that looks like it could be interesting. I, you know, I'd seen people say people say it was pretty heavy going. I thought, OK, yeah, with the themes that would make sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, this film really does get going. And I, I would like to preface now by saying we are going to talk about something that happens. I think it happens relatively early on, but it might be a midpoint kind of spoiler. Um, you mm-hmm. can watch the film knowing this, and for some people that might actually be easier. Chris and I went in not knowing this. So if you're desperate to not know, then skip ahead. Uh, yeah. If you're happy to move on and, and find this out, um, then continue listening with us. But it's also worth saying that we're about to deal with some pretty heavy themes. So mm. if you're not in the headspace for that, it might be worth moving on as well. Uh, so we have our 13-year-olds, Leo and Remy, who have been incredibly close, uh, especially over what seems like a summer holiday period. Leo it doesn't seem like he's left Remy's house. He sleeps there every night. Uh, they sleep <laughs> in the same bed. Um, they are just the best, best of friends. When they go to school... Um, this kind of relationship continues, but you know the closeness of their relationship is not—it's uh, not gone missing from their peers, um, and their kind of sexuality is questioned as to whether it's more than just a friendship, which you know even you as a viewer are questioning at the same time. There is definitely sure. more than just friendship here. There's a, there's affection and stuff like that, but they are young, so there's that, and this idea—you know—this idea that they are gay or in a relationship affects one of them more than the other as Leo kind of pushes against this kind of idea that uh, him and Remy are more than best friends and that creates a rift between them and this rift takes pretty disastrous uh, it goes to pretty disastrous places 
And this is where I, I was completely, you know, my world was completely rocked whilst watching this film mm. as I realized it's a completely different film to what you're expecting. As uh, in the midpoint, we find out that Remy has taken his own life um, due to the, well, we assume due to the fact yeah. um, of this kind of rift between him and Leo as Leo's pushed him away from this very close friendship that they had. Uh, and I don't think I had a dry eye throughout the rest of the film. I don't know about you, <laughs> but I was. That was it. I was. I was gone. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I think once it leaves you in that moment of just despair, um, it just you just carry on feeling like that the whole way through. I think the, it it carries over that level of intensity and that sense of loss, that real raw loss uh, throughout the whole entire film. I, I, I think there's so many things that make this this film work so well. And from the get-go, I think it's just it's beautiful to look at. It's so delicate. Oh, yeah. I think the thing that shocks Leo whenever he goes to school and he is confronted with what apparently is his sexuality and, and his relationship with, with Rami is that I think up until that point before he started school, it wasn't really a question. It wasn't really something that they were had to deal with. It mm. was just something that was part of their relationship as friends. And once that was recognized, you know, through peers at school, like openly asking, like, you guys are really close. Like, are you guys gay? You know, that, that sort of like, oh, suddenly there's a, there's a hint of shame that Leo didn't know he should be feeling. And, yeah. You know that's it, it, it's horrible for Remy to be on the on the other end of that, where he seems to be a lot more, um, well, assumingly a lot more secure in that relationship. But but for Leo, you know, it's 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 confusing for a kid that age. You know, there's it, it's just completely shining a spotlight on somebody who didn't know that there was apparently um, something they were doing differently to everybody else. Yeah, no, I think I think I think that's really well put and. And you do think that the film is going to be this kind of look at masculinity within a school setting. Um, and then when it takes that turn and it basically involves Remy's family more into the plot, it becomes a film about kind of grief and uh, regret mm. and just coming to terms with the fact that you might have played a part potentially in the overall kind of thought process of a of a of a young person who's taken their own life and I, yeah. it's re- it's really bloody difficult to watch at times and um it is a tearjerker absolutely um and and it, and and it knows it is i think in in that second half i i think i've the criticisms i've seen kind of thrown at it uh, that it's overly emotionally manipulative um oh, disagree which, completely yeah, I do disagree. I, 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 but at the same time, like I understand why you might think that, and I mean, there's no doubt that you know it's a film dealing with suicide and grief. So, of course, it's going to be sad. It is going to be manipulative. Every scene from that point on, where you know Remy has taken his own life, um, is is a scene which which is just utterly heartbreaking and um it's a tricky watch it's a tricky watch but it's masterfully done i think and i think it really brings everything to a to a nice close where there's some form of is there's some form of kind of like um come to terms with it there's a form of redemption for leo um along with kind of remy's mum 
um, who is absolutely brilliant, by the way. Like actually, both of them are. They're the, they're the standout. Um, they're the standout uh, actors and actresses of of, of the film. Um, mm. So, and first first timer for the um, for the guy playing Leo, um, Eden. Oh, yeah, Dem- Dembreen. Dembreen. I'm not sure how to pronounce his second name. Uh, but as far as I can tell, it's the first time for him. And man, what a find. Like he is his, first of all, his features are incredible. His eyes, man. Like, yeah, yeah. They cut he through the very, screen. Very innocent look to him. Yeah, it does. But it's like, it's, 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 I, I don't really know the words to describe, but there's almost like an ambiguity to his features. There's, yeah, there's boyishness, but there's also like a feminine femininity to it and like because of this and these big kind of green eyes that he has um you never you never like you're you're constantly you're constantly searching to figure out what he's thinking and i i think he really relays this fact of like he's so (laughs) confused he does he really doesn't know how to how to how to play this whole thing um you know and obviously feeling feelings regret for the loss of his friend who he pushed away um, but not really knowing how to deal with that because he's still under the pressures of kind of, you know, how does he conform to the the kind of idea that he, you know, he, he doesn't care that much because it was just his friend kind of thing. And it, it's tricky. It's very tricky. Yeah, I'm really glad you appreciated that performance of of, of, of from Eden to bring as Leo. I think he, yeah, he is one of those performers that I actually, when I was watching the film every 10 minutes, I just find myself, thinking wow this this you know you know and maybe that's like you're that could be a bad thing maybe you think that's over over acting or that's something that's very obvious it's just the fact that he is just so natural i mean this is a first time performer but you see him in these little click trying to penetrate these little clicks in school um where the camera almost like is very voyeuristic and it's almost like a documentary the way it's shot sometimes and you're just seeing this ki- kid honestly you can, you're, you're right in the ambiguity in his face. I think certainly in the latter parts of the film where his face is completely, you know, withdrawn and maybe vacant, but at the same time, you can, you, the, there's a lot going on under there and it's, he is constantly, you know, thinking or feeling or emoting in some way internally. Um, it's really intelligent performance from, from someone so, so young, it, it, I saw, you know, you can see parts of yourself as a child in him, the way, you know, he tries to, the the concept of masculinity is, you know, I I don't think it is dropped in the film. I think even though when the second half is dealing with the, the terrible, terrible grief, there is still a part of Leo who has kind of, he is kind of manifested into somebody else a little bit too. He has kind of become the thing mm-hmm. he was forcing himself to in, in, in many ways. You know, he is, he is, trying so so hard to to normalize himself um into this into this sort of not jocks because they're only kids but like this sort of hockey group that he attends to the movie kind of splits the film up by cutting to these scenes where he's persevering trying to you know match the other kids or you know and also deal with his own grief but I, I think he is just an incredible find. And I really, really hope usually with kid actors like, oh, you know, if they work again, they did a really good performance. If they work again, that's great for them. You know, if it's right for them, you do it. But I really, really hope that, you know, he is 
sort of picked up out of this and put into the right projects and he wants to carry on at working because I would be so so happy to see this this young performer you know develop because I think they have an amazing future ahead of them and you know how often do you say that from from a child performance um yeah it's yeah. it's incredible yeah I'm happy if he wants to be Lucas Dance kind of you know <laughs> collaborator from now on uh I, yeah I'd, I'd put him in everything he's he's he's, he's brilliant um but yeah, yeah equally yeah, so oh sorry no you go ahead go ahead oh uh, well i was going to move on to the character of selfie the mum of remy so if you have more to say about leo please go ahead oh uh, well no I'll, all i was going to say is that you know i really do take issue with um with what some of our people have been saying what you referenced earlier where the movie is you know, emotionally manipulative. I really don't think as I think the opposite, really. I think the movie shines in its and its lack of manipulation because, like you said, you know, I we can sit here and tell you, oh, I, you know, a kid dies, and obviously that's really upsetting. But a lot, you know, a lot of death happens in a lot of movies, and it's you know, to varying degrees of, of of effect. But in here, it is so so shocking. We know that they they had a small, you know especially from our point of view you know their their fight in the grand scheme of fights that have ever happened and you know in, in cinema or in real life is relatively small and for you know the shock of that to happen out of nowhere is is mm. is so catastrophic i mean you know when they're having the they're getting the bus journey home from the practice and the the teachers who have taken them on the trip are talking amongst themselves something's not quite right um we see a flood of parents are walking towards the school you know it's this really bizarre event and we like you do in real life when something really bad like this happens you have that sense of dread um not just for the character i just felt it in myself so whenever that really hit you you're, you're in that state of denial that until somebody says the thing outright it hasn't you're, you're you're kidding yourself the whole time and i yeah. felt i felt like that you know i knew what was going to yeah. come in the next minute or two that this you know remy was gone but yeah, I, you I don't, didn't want to believe it yeah no oh well jinx uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just don't you, you just don't like you are leo in that moment as his mum kind of comes onto the bus to and she doesn't she doesn't want to say anything to, like, oh no. she doesn't she she doesn't have the words to say it and she doesn't fully articulate just how you know how do you, you know, it's not, how do it's not you like, navigate oh, that situation <laughs> you, uh, your best friend's dead and he took his own life it's kind of like he's not here anymore and mm. then we cut to to leo kind of like running towards remy's house and um yeah peering through the window and seeing a a, a door handle that's been smashed in <laughs> out of pure desperation oh god i feel myself like my sure. heart dropping now that shot horrible horrible um, and I know you're going to lean into talking about the mother, Sophie, played by Emily uh, DeQuan. I think she is incredible. Um, yeah. What they do with her, which is really, really interesting and completely, again, supports my point that this movie is not emotionally manipulative. You think that she's going to act a certain way towards Leo for the rest of this movie, which other movies would have done. And mm. she doesn't. She treats him as kind as a mother who has lost yeah. a child could do and it's it's you know that is even more heartbreaking than her screaming at him and you know and yeah. and, and it, she, she she knows something's gone on between them she doesn't course. know exactly and she knows that this has potentially played a part and um and and obviously you know 
suicide is is bigger than just moments. Um, so there would have been a lot more going on with Remy, but obviously this yes. kind of relationship played probably a pretty big part in this. And she she doesn't want to shame Leo for this, um, but she does want to know. But she lets Leo kind of articulate it in his own time. Um, and yeah, I've I've it's quite the performance because. There's a sadness, but there's a there's an understanding, um, and it is very layered. Mm-hmm. There's a strength and, in uh, her. The relationship between her and Leo, as it develops over the film, is just is is one of the highlights of of the whole thing, um, mm-hmm. and that's really where the kind of emotion ties between those two. Because um, you, yeah, I think after we find out about Remy, that's it. Leo's parents are out the picture. They de- deliver the news, and they're, they're kind of out the picture after that. It's it really is a film about him and, and him and Sophie. So um, yeah, no, I just yeah, absolutely um, emotionally exhausted. Yeah, this no, film. no, similar similar to me. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're we're firmly speaking here. I think it's two thumbs up from both of us, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I understand that not everybody wants to watch a film about a a dead kid. <laughs> So um, I think I think you'll be rewarded for it, though. I, I, I do, you know, and I think it's so delicately and, um, you know, sensitively told that it's worth seeing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult to recommend. But man, I do recommend because it's yeah, even just for your, your lead performances here, like it is, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a stunning film, absolutely stunning. Um, but yeah. Yeah, trans trans transfixing as well. You know, you kind of you you boot it up and uh, on your TV. Well, I watched it at home on TV, and you boot it up, and you're kind of thinking like, "This is midweek. I'm a little bit tired. Um, <laughs> you know, am I am I ready for this?" Um, and then ten minutes in, it just really casts a spell on you, and that's solely down to the magic of the filmmaking, how well paced this is, um, and of course, as we've mentioned many many times, the incredible performances a real sort of overlooked film of last year i saw it on a saturday night don't know what's wrong with me but again <laughs> i didn't know what kind of film i was going in for had i known maybe not a saturday night film <laughs> i thought it was gonna be like call me by your name vibes <laughs> no no those are different vibes i, I mean that's, dev- really- that's devastating in its own way <laughs> it is it is i you know I, I don't mind that but this was like this was devastating and then so you know mm. i was i was ready for belgian uh call me by your name and instead um <laughs> yeah i was just uh, an absolute emotional mess by the end of it but um like you said yeah. rewarding, a well, rewarding I, I just, film. i just hope everybody who has heard our discussion on this has already seen it and heeded our advice at the beginning because I do think that's how the movie is. The movie's going to work way better for you if you, you know, if you've had that clean break from it. I went into it with I didn't even read the synopsis. I just kind of I've seen the poster. I've seen uh, um, some stills from the film, and I knew that it was pretty high regarded in the award circuit. So I just kind of went in clean, and I, you know, I think I was hit like a tidal wave um, because of it. So yeah, yeah, that's my but that, I, I think with the subject matter, that's not maybe everybody's best way to go in. Yeah, of, so co- of, I think, of course. I think, <laughs> yes, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that like, you shouldn't go in. I'm just saying like heed our advice if you can. Uh, and it, but if you've come this far, I don't think knowing this matters um, 
if anything, you'll be slightly more prepared emotionally for what hmm. you're about to watch. Sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> slightly, no, no, that slightly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I haven't seen anything else, Chris, apart from that. Uh, so, <laughs> that end of episode. the end of the episode. We are now yeah. doing 30-minute episodes on the film angle. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> no, but I know you've uh, seen a couple more things than me. Um, yes, no, I've let seen... Let us know what you've been watching, buddy. I've been watching more light-hearted fare. Um, I actually finished on close. I watched some uh, light-hearted films last year. Um, last year? Last week. Oh, Tara, it's the wine. Um, so I caught up with um, a film that I was really excited about. Kind of, I saw the trailers um, months ago, even before Christmas. And uh, it kind of was a movie that I was so surprised. It was it just came out and everybody fell in love with it. And um, so I needed to catch up with it. And it was Ride Lane, um, which is a sort of London um, rom-com about uh, two young people who are kind of they're emotionally suffering from recent breakups, and uh, they connect when she Yas, played by Vivian Opera, um, meets Dom, who's played by David Johnson, who is crying his eyes out in a bathroom toilet um, <laughs> in an art gallery that he's supporting his friend at, and uh, she takes to him, and they take to each other. And they kind of become each other's friends and confidants and share in their feelings and relationships. And um, they it's kind of like um, a London comedy Richard Curtis version of a like a Richard Linklater before sunrise sort of um, story. So it's all it's all it's all shot in one day. Um, Ooh, that's that's the selling line right there. <laughs> that's that the selling me. line right there. I'm in now. All right. I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think what the, the selling point of this movie is that it is its own thing. Like I haven't seen a movie that looks like this. Um, the whole film um, it seems to be shot on this sort of wide fisheye lens, and um, that really kind of it, it, it works really really well with the hip hop sort of tone of the film, with all the vibrant colors and the the sort of deep rich Jamaican um, sort of ancestry that is in that sort of part of East London um, as these characters navigate around. Um, these amazing sort of backdrops and these cafes, these restaurants, these these nightclubs, uh, karaoke mm. bars, um, weird relatives, barbecue parties. There's all of that sort of stuff going on. And what really comes through is the humor. I, I you know, sitting at home, you kind of like, when I'm in the cinema, when I watch a comedy movie, I find myself laughing a little bit more because... You know, you're just sort of in that mode. You're in an infectious environment at home. You know, you might get a couple of chuckles out of me. I, I had, you know, every at least at least five minutes, I was out, laugh out loud, laughing in my chair. Um, this it, it's so fresh and so so zippy, and it's and it's um, sort of showcasing of these moments. Dom and Yas have really really good chemistry with each other, and they bounce off really really well. Um, I think I remember. Uh, Vivian Yass from uh, Teen Spirit. Do you remember that movie? But it's really cool okay. to see her pop up again here. I think she's a really, really big talent. And, um, you know, she's just as oozes this confidence on screen. Um, we have like, we, we have funny cameos from like Levi Roots. We've got even Colin Firth shows up. Oh, oh wow. I've seen Levi Roots in real life. <laughs> have you? I went to, um, I can't remember what it was. It was, 
he was doing like a Q&A with somebody. It was like a business thing. It might have been a podcast or a, or a video series or something, but it, the interviewer owned something, and, and then she interviewed Levi Roots. Um, it was all part of my previous job. We went on this kind of trip. I don't know. That was good fun. He seems like a. Oh, cool that's really guy. cool. I, yeah, he shows up. I mean, he's a very small, like it's a it's a Stanley type cameo. Um, Colin Firth makes a cameo as a food vendor, which was completely that field. I did not expect coming up. <laughs> that right. was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I think anybody's going to enjoy this, man. I think it's it's eighty minutes. It's really really zippy, fast paced really really creative in its visuals and you know it's 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 really rare that you see a comedy that really go out of its way to be as much of a chocolate box of of visuals and color as it is in the comedy department and i think that's where this movie does so so well um it's definitely worth going out your way of seeing i think it's a great day and night movie for sure Okay, Chris, I know you've seen something else in the cinema uh, this week as well. A film that I am planning to see and going to see this coming weekend. So I know we're going to have a greater discussion. But the reason I really want to see it this weekend is actually because of your review on Letterboxd. <laughs> do you want to, I don't know, do you want to hype me up? Do you, want to, do you want to give me a, your critics intro to the film? Right. Okay. What I will say is that. I needed this movie so bad. Um, it is like a, f- a tall glass of water at the end of a 10-day trip across the desert. It is just, you know, it is completely everything you would want from this type of movie. It kind of reminded me, surprisingly, a lot of like The Princess Bride, what it was like watching that movie for the first time, and not only just in its setting, but just how its general sort of, feel-good nature um if for anybody he's not aware you know this is obviously based off of the the famous board game and subsequent like video games that came out of that and you know there's been tv shows and field attempts to adapt this thing throughout the years but um what i will say to encourage people who haven't seen it is you don't need any knowledge at all of this of this behemoth franchise you don't need to know anything about it because it treats it as if there's not a history there, there might be little pearls of um references that are in there that i wouldn't have picked up that others would have but it definitely didn't feel like it was winking at its audience <laughs> star wars for example it, it's kind of like going back to simpler time alex it's like you're watching something that could have came out 20 years ago but has such great comedy chops on it it's worth saying that this is written by um jonathan goldstein and uh, john francis daly and michael Gilio, who wrote uh, game night which is a comedy film that we're really big fans of and yeah yep. that that yep. that level of laugh out loud humor is definitely in here you know i probably might have even laughed at dungeons dragons more than i laughed at game night which is one of my probably my favorite comedy movies to come out in the last sort of 10 years um, wow. w- the refreshing thing about this that really, really um, got me was that we are so reliant on everything that we watch that has to have a co- comedic edge to it or a sense of feel-good nature. We are so reliant on everything parodying or referencing or taking a jab at modern times, you know, even if it's in a different context that's not, you know, present day, we have to rely to our own issues going on in our world 
it's great to watch a movie that forgets all of that stuff and is just funny and doesn't rely on any modernisms. Um, this movie could have had the same exact jokes and the same exact script 20 years ago and have been, you know, an instant classic. Um, that's what really shines. And, it's, you know, it's so refreshing. It's kind of a nostalgia trip. And, and the other thing that really comes out of this, Alex, is that you're watching a group of actors and a group of characters that you really, really want to see do well. And you really fall in love with every single one of them. They all get their chance to shine. They come together as a group that is so incredibly likable. Um, you know, we get you get the Chris the Chris Pine brings over his Captain Kirk energy here. Um, he's kind of the linchpin of this whole group. Michelle Rodriguez does is is so is at her funniest. I've never seen her this funny. I've always been a fan of her, but she carries over that stoic um, sort of James Cameron energy that she kind of has in other movies over to this again. And the banter play between all of them is great. Hugh Grant is doing his Paddington 2 uh, performance again, which isn't a bad thing either. Um, there's so much to like in this. Again, I, I just wanted to share my enthusiasm because I know you're going to go out of your way to catch up with this, Alex. And uh, not getting too much into the plot because I'm sure we'll discuss it next time. And I'm, I'm yeah. nervous. I hope, I hope you really enjoy it. But, you know, for me, it was just so refreshing to see something so nice and easy that went down so well um you know amidst watching pretty hefty movies lately so it was really really nice yeah it i mean i'm not sure if it will be the next film i watch and the last film i watched was close uh but if it is then you know i think it's going to be a uh a different beast (laughs) yeah yeah it, it, yeah, it would be like going to some sort of like memorial um, museum and then going to a water park afterwards. <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's chalk and cheese that way. Um, yeah. No, you don't need. I think anyone could enjoy this film. I think I think it's kind of evident because I think the the response to it, largely, you know, from what I've seen online from both audiences yeah. and critics, has been really positive and was kind yeah. of the thing that got me excited about this thing initially when I went to go see it. It's just really stunningly done. It's one of those, you know, when you watch a trailer and you're like, <laughs> okay, all the laughs are in here. Um, I'm going to see those just sort of like, oh, those funny moments are going to come up again in the film. But it actually leaves all the good stuff for the movie. And afterwards, you know, I was kind of recalling some of the jokes when I was, um, me and Lauren were kind of traveling back in the car on the way home. But, and then I find myself, actually, there were so many good nuggets and so many little gems of humor and just sweet moments in there that I kind of actually forgot half of the movie, which is so good because I, I get to go back and re- enjoy that all again. The movie's just just filled to the brim of great stuff. Nice. Well, I'm 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 definitely I'm definitely excited for it. I'm uh, I'm very intrigued. I mean, the trailer seems to have played for at least three or four months in the cinema. I feel like <laughs> I'd seen it so many times. Um, yeah, that I, I, you know, the, and, and, and I'm doesn't not do justice. Dungeon- I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons player. Um, I never had a friendship group that was kind of into it until later in my life. Um, and then I just never found the time. Um, I feel like it's, it's an investment. I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's something I probably would have loved to do. Um, so I, I do regret that. I've never kind of played it, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see it. Originally I, I was kind of on the fence of going to see it in the cinema. I wanted to see it, but I was just like, ah, I'll probably wait till it comes out on streaming. 
Um, but yeah, no, you've got me. You've got me excited, Chris. You've got me excited. I will. Um, I will be catching dozen Dungeons and Dragons this weekend, and we'll be <laughs> chatting about it. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, and we'll be chatting about it uh, on the next episode for sure. So you have that to look forward to, everyone. Stuff. And are we? We haven't got a BFI movie again to talk about this week. Yep. Um, because we've been really, really struggling to find the time for our next one. Which is a yeah. bit of a monster. <laughs> yeah, this is um, this is the shorter of the three monsters that are next in our blind spots. Um, we've chatted about them before. We this one's about three hours that we've got yeah. coming up, and then we've got a seven hour, and then we've got a four hour film. So um, yeah, finding time for these is and has been uh, a bit trickier. But I think we're both gonna try catch Celine and Judy go boating before the next episode so hopefully um i'm not promising <laughs> but hopefully on the next episode we will be um back into the bfi series well i think that uh that kind of does us for today alex i'm uh yeah I'm, I'm getting back into the rhythm of it again and i know we say that all the time it feels like we take like breaks every episode <laughs> but yeah. you know i i i think um I think we've got lots of interesting stuff to come up. I think we've got a really stacked summer season of films coming up, starting with May. Um, you know, so there's loads and loads for us to look forward to. You know, I'm looking forward to things like Barbie, Oppenheimer. Um, I still have to catch up with the Evil Dead, the new Evil Dead movie. There's loads of really cool stuff coming up um, along the line. So yeah, plenty of good episodes to look out for, guys. Definitely, definitely. And Guardians, Guardians three coming out. Oh, you had to put that in there, didn't you? <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy films. Um, specifically, it seems, like, one... it seems like I'm the bigger Marvel fan recently with, with in terms of how we're enjoying these movies. <laughs> yeah, there is that. There is that. Um, I mean, you, you're you most likely going to love it, Chris, because if anybody enjoyed Ant-Man, then, you know, easily pleased people. So. <laughs> <laughs> that stings a little bit. Yeah, you know what? I'm sort of disappointed that I liked it so much too. Um, <laughs> maybe if I go revisit it after watching Dungeons and Dragons, maybe I'll come to my senses. You're with those goddamn TikTok commenters telling me to get a life because I said I didn't like it that much, right? <laughs> Did you share that before? Um, that time that you made that controversial um, TikTok video that everybody just hounded you for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't even it wasn't even the Ant Man one. I, I I mentioned that Shazam two was meh, and um, and <laughs> people started having aggressive. to go at me. You were just like, eh. you were like, it's an okay yeah. movie. I, maybe it wasn't for me. <laughs> you were yeah. really nice about it. I don't know. Actually, there were some comments on the Ant Man one. I can't remember exactly. Nobody told me to trim my beard. I don't want to give that time any <laughs> that that guy any time. But come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one cut a bit, a bit deep, didn't it? I trim my beard immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that about does it for today's episode. Um, yeah. Make sure to tune in uh, next week where we'll have lots more to talk about um, in terms of movies. And hopefully the BFI list will make a return um, again. Yeah, it's a big commitment, but we're going to, we're, we're, we're committed to the end, aren't we, Alex? Um, yeah. So as always, please uh, make sure to rate, like, and subscribe and follow us on Instagram. Uh, yep. You can also listen to us. You can also follow us on TikTok as well. Uh, although we've been a little bit quiet, I think it's been so busy lately. And you know that you know I, I'm one of those people who's so 
vain with TikTok that I need to like spend three hours until I'm happy with the video before I upload it. Um, <laughs> so keep your eyes peeled. We hopefully have some more stuff coming up soon. Um, Our best videos have to- been the ones that you just kind of like, or like the most viewed and liked have been ones I've just like chucked on after like spending 10 minutes on them. Uh, that's and that's quite the, frustrating. <laughs> that is the weird algorithm of the thing. You can't, you can't kind of work out how it works. You just kind of just got to chuck something out there and hope it's sti- hopefully it sticks. Um, kind of the exciting Absolutely. thing about it too, though. But yeah, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you guys get your podcasts from. But for now, this has been the Film Angle. My name is Chris, and my name is Alex. Oh, it sure, sure is. See you later. 